You are now listening to the Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. exciting news. I built an app. I know, right? Crazy. It's called the one-on-one app where we help you become 1% better together. It's an app that helps you break down your goals, achieving your habits and incremental steps. And it helps you celebrate your progress and your momentum with streaks, check-ins, milestones. And with our multi-dimensional approach to a balanced lifestyle, we really help you become 1% better together. So go download it. It's a free app. It'll be linked below. It's only for iOS right now. We're working on getting it in Google Play. But I really believe that this is a -a one-of-a-kind mental health and wellness app that is truly groundbreaking. To give you some like perspective, it's like Noom, but for habit building. And I'm really excited to share this with you. And I'm really excited to get your feedback. So if you download it, you enjoy it, leave us a review. Thank you so much. And on to the episode. Today, I'm joined by Raina Campbell. Raina is an actress and the founder of Flow Energy Coaching, where she is a success coach helping high-achieving showstoppers create robust mindsets and bold faith so they can manifest their most epic goals and dreams. Personally, I came across Raina's content and was so inspired that she's actually someone that I'm looking to work with, and I just know you're going to get a ton of value and inspiration from our conversation today. Now on to the episode. Raina, I would say that this episode number 61 is probably going to be my favorite. I was just telling you that your content is something that I'm resonating with so much right now, and I'm so honored to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. I'm honored to be here, and I'm very impressed with your setup. It's fabulous. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Well, before we get into everything, I was just fanboying over the fact that you're an extraction, you're an actress, we're going to get into that. But like, whoa, like how did that come to be? Like, that's awesome. How did that come to be? My agent sent me three auditions. He, he said, you have to do these auditions that you don't have much space between them. One is for an untitled movie. That was extraction. <laughs> and the other two for other projects. And so I was running late because the first audition was running behind. So I get to the extraction movie and I'm all sweaty. And they're like, right, you're the first actress that's on time. And I was like, really? They were like, yes, don't worry. He was very careful, the casting director. And he said, do the audition. And I just was like, like, just like that, because I was like, I've got another audition to get to. And he goes, wow, that was precise. And then I was getting on the plane to America, New York, actually, to go test for another show. And then as I'm getting on the plane, my agent went, you're going to Thailand to film Extraction, the movie with Chris Hemsworth. And I was like, okay, call me later. I'm getting on the plane. And I didn't even realize. It happened until I was like, I just got a movie. And so we did the first one. It was filmed in Dhaka in India and wow. Thailand. And it was amazing and incredible. And then they asked me to go back to the Czech Republic to do Extraction 2, which you glimpse me in there if you're lucky. But I really enjoyed both. I got to stay in the Czech Republic for about five weeks. And it was amazing. And everyone's amazing on set and It's a really cool film. And Sam Hargrave is just a ninja with his cinematography and his stunts and all kinds of amazing things that he does. That's so amazing. I watch your lives all the time. And after this episode, I highly recommend you all turn on your alerts to make sure you watch Raina's lives because I have not watched lives as long when I watch yours ever. So first and foremost, something you said within one of your lives that I really loved was you actually talked about 
fighting some of this resistance with getting these roles, with kind of being that star, being that actress, and really just stepping into your full power, even beyond being an actress and within your your energy flow coaching as well. Talk about that a little bit. I kind of want to rehash that conversation because I loved the part of the story where you were just talking about some of the resistance that you naturally had to stepping into a character, especially when these characters don't really look like you and I. Take us through that a little bit because I thought that was super valuable. And then I promise we'll get into like learning about you. But this is just something that I really, really wanted to, to dig into. Yeah, so growing up, I grew up with my parents who were immigrants. So they were born in Jamaica and then they went over to England. At that time, they were met with a lot of resistance because of the color of their skin. And so their modus operandi was you as a black child coming up in the world have to work twice as hard so that people take you seriously. You have to be able to present yourself properly so that no one's intimidated by you because you've been born into this construct where people judge you before you've even opened your mouth. So you have to conform. And so you just do naturally because you don't want to be nice and you want to come across as presentable and I'm not intimidating and I'm and so as I was navigating, trying to be an actress, all of these things started coming up. I have to work twice as hard or I won't get the role. I have to speak like this. I'm the wrong color. Maybe I won't get these kind of roles. I had all these ideas and impressions of why I couldn't have the thing that I wanted. And when I realized what I was doing, I was like, who would I be without other people's projections and other Ooh, people's limitations? Good. Who would I be without getting in my own way? If I understand that I'm an infinite being with infinite possibilities, who said that an actress with dark skin can't be the lead role in a movie? Who said that? And why did they say that? And why did they choose that? Is it that all the other dark actresses have heard that and decided that they can't and they won't get a shot? But when one does, other people follow. And so I decided I won't be a lead role. And I just projected that thought and the end result of me being the lead role out, 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 out. And then I made it a reality. And it made me realize the only thing that stops us from having the things that we desire is us. What we decide to believe is, is true. Absolutely. And that's such a great point and something that I just know people of color constantly face. It's something that I spent a long, many of my years in my 20s unhashing whether subconscious or having awareness of it and now i kind of catch myself and it's just natural to just be who i am now which you just made an excellent point which you have to use your imagination you have to think stripped of all these insecurities who am i and that's so intimidating what were some of the roadblocks that you faced when you posed that question to yourself like what a loaded question that is well, when you're going into other people's worlds or other industries where they have those systems and those constructs and they are already labeling you or, or already projecting onto you, can you be who you want to be in their realities? And it's like, yes, like you can disrupt reality and energy by being who you truly be. You will either disrupt the patterns and affect change, or they will fall away and you will step into something that's even greater. And so 
the fight was really against myself. I would go into spaces and I would pick up the thoughts and energy of other people. And I would think I have a choice. I can go into their limitation and their thoughts, or I can be who I truly be and invite them to a different reality. That's such a powerful sense of awareness that I think a lot of my audience struggles with because I think there's this moment when you listen to a pod or you watch a clip or you see something, you feel inspired in the moment. And then you mention you kind of walk into the room and all these feelings and all these thoughts come in and your ability to kind of practice slowing down before you enter that room and saying, this is who I want to show up as. I know this is maybe how they want me to show up as is really helpful. So I know personally, just when I watch your content, when it comes to money, when it comes to really anything, I've now caught myself stopping. I'll give a funny example. Yesterday, we were scheduling, we had some scheduling kerfuffles and we were going back and forth. And there was a moment where I was like, oh my God, did I get the time wrong? And I went into this little spiral. And I, was like, oh. I was like, wait a minute, why am I letting this impact me? I got systems, I can trust myself. Like, why did I go there so far? And that was a moment where I was like, wow, that awareness work is working. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to sometimes fall into that. So I just wanted to call that out because that was something that I just learned right off the bat. Like that was a great example. Yeah. And sometimes, and you know, even the greatest of us still do that, but you get quicker and quicker at going, oh, that's not mine. That's Raina. <laughs> Little couple. <laughs> Trying to put it on me. I'm, I'm good. I system. She doesn't. That's amazing. I'm just poking fun at you. So when you think about <laughs> like flow energy coaching now, when you take this down to the individual level, manifesting live, et cetera, give me your inspiration. Like, what was that moment like? You're like, you know what? I've done this work and now the world kind of needs this work from me. What is kind of your background there and also kind of your mission and inspiration? So I had six years as an actress where I did not work. And I was so confused. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm talented. I've been to an amazing drama school, got an amazing agent, and I'm really doing my best to do what I can to secure a job. I'm better than so many other people that I perceive to be not as talented as I am, but they're working and I'm not. And so I had a period of six years of auditioning and nothing, nothing, nothing. It became insanity. And then I said, God, like, please, I need insight. And he said, you have so many limiting beliefs inside your head that you've just picked up like trash and collected and kept and decided that that's how you function in this reality. That's stopping you from having what you desire. And it was silly things like, you are from Manchester. If you are from Manchester, you cannot be on the TV, which was so stupid. There were shows, there were actors from Manchester, but I had made it go, it must be the way that I speak. I need yeah. to speak. I don't know how I need to speak. Or I need to be in America. Or I need to, whatever. All these crazy things. I wrote down my limiting beliefs. I must have had about 42 and when I looked at them, I thought, these are 42 lies that I'm using to create and manifest my reality. And I'm ready to get rid of them now because it's not the truth. And what I did is I looked at each lie. Raina, your side profile. When you turn to the side, you've got all kinds of bones going on. When I was younger, this guy said to me, I'm going to call you Skeletor from He-Man because you're so bony in your face. Now, that was a diss. Now everyone wants cheekbones, but yeah, at the time, right? <laughs> like, my, my face hadn't quite got into its full blooming. 
I was like, oh my God. It was giving, so the, it was giving the world a chance to catch up because, you know, it, was, it would have been too yeah. much right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I had this thing where I don't want to show my side profile on camera because people will think that I'm Skeletor from He-Man. When I was little, people in my own family, they'd be like, because I used to have a gap between my teeth and I would laugh. <laughs> and they'd be like, yes, they would say, because they're Jamaican, you love green, your teeth which means you love laughing a lot, don't you? So I would always like try oh to God. hide it. So there were these things that I was still functioning in yeah. that other people had impressed on me or I had decided, well, if they're pointing it out, it must be a bad thing. 42 lies. Is it bad to laugh and show your teeth so much and just laugh and move around when you're laughing because I can never keep still and I'm laughing? No, it's amazing. It means you're enjoying yourself. Enjoy yourself. Some people can't laugh. What about your side profile? Is it really horrendous and horrific? No, it's beautiful. Went through each lie. Two weeks later, I booked a lead role with the BBC and got flown out to South Africa to do this job. Because I had space, I wasn't full of these lies that were impacting my energetic receiving capacity. I'd let them go and now I had space to receive and also, because I wasn't believing things that were blocking me from my manifestation, I was like, actually, I would look good on camera. And actually, I could laugh and would make other people laugh. And I could be all these things. And I was now an energetic match for what I decided. And I just thought to myself, but it took you six years to get to that place, Raina. What if you kept doing this work? What if you just kept doing this every day, every day, every day? Made yourself accountable to not go back into those old versions of who you be. And so I would do the work, but I would be on and off and on and off. When I got manifestation, I'd be like, I'm good now. But of course, you don't brush your teeth last week and then not need to brush your teeth ever again. I was like, I need to keep doing this work. And so I started off working with a small group of artists saying, hey, I want to share some stuff with you. We all do it together because if I'm leading you, then I have to make sure that I'm on track. And that's how all of this started with the coaching. I absolutely love that. And honestly, I need to pick it back up because I heard you talk about writing down those limiting beliefs. And there's so many of them that are old and continuing to form, which I think is why you need to do that maintenance all the time. A great example of like something that I experienced similarly about a year and a half ago, I was laid off. But before I got laid off, I was setting the foundation for advising CEOs, stepping into this space. I mean, I've always been like the sticky note person. I always write down new manifestations, things I want. I just keep record of it. I don't constantly review it, but I just write it down, stash it away. So I'd been doing this work and things weren't really going as fast as I wanted them to go. And similar to like your acting where it was like, what, like what's going Like It's been a year, like, come on. Like, and again, time frame. It's probably a little bit too short, but, but really was it? That was another limiting belief. I thought this has to take time. And the moment I was laid off, it had this kind of really profound result on myself, which was like, wow, I'm laid off. This is like the worst thing that can happen. It was three weeks before my wedding. I tell the story all the time. And not only did I land multiple clients at my wedding, I was landing clients leading up to my wedding and able to fully enjoy it. And it was this moment of like, the worst thing happened. I took a couple of days to like, you know, mourn what could have been, you know, I was sad. I was disappointed, all this energy work. Then I got to a point where it was like, this is such an opportunity. And just that sentence alone attracted everything. And I wanted people to hear your example because I think there was half the audience that gets this, if it just doesn't do it. And there's the other half of the audience that's like, well, not really. There's no way that that just 
automatically unlocks everything. And I've been shown time and time and time again that it absolutely is those little things. Little things add up to big things. That's one of my big slogans. So I just wanted to really harp on that because getting down to our limiting beliefs, it's the cornerstone of the content that I put out is like really being aware of your limiting beliefs, but showing yourself grace while you work through them is so important. So when you think about the work you do with individuals, what are some of the common things outside of limiting beliefs that you run into that you get jazzed up to help people solve? Because maybe you went through it, maybe outside of limiting beliefs. So common things outside limiting beliefs, trauma. A lot of people come and they've had a lot of issues with trauma or abuse. Mm. So they automatically label themselves as worthless. And so they don't have high self-esteem, confidence. Their story is things never work out for me and the world is against me. I'm not supposed to be here. Or if I'm here, I'm here to be abused because that's what they were taught. So that's very common. And also, mainly my clients are successful. Like they're doing well. They're not not doing well. They're actually go-getters. It's the, I want to go beyond the boundaries of what I'm doing right now. And so it comes down to how far can I push the boat out? And as I'm pushing the boat out, normalizing the feeling of having the end result. And so just repatterning their physical body, their mind, their energetics to normalizing the ups and the downs, because it's not always sailing. It's like, I can manifest even if I'm down. That's so important. The duality, the dichotomy, I can be both, but I can still manifest. So yeah, mainly like how can I push the boat out? And like a lot of people come with a lot of trauma. That's just, it's like, I can't believe in manifestation, I can't believe that I can do these great things that I want to do because I've been taught that I am worthless. Mm, that is so powerful. And it's actually one of the questions that I started and was really wanting to ask you because I think it's one thing to help people up level who are starting at a very low baseline. Like they're just getting going. Like we're, we maybe just got through our trauma or maybe we're just feeling that confidence this year and we really want to make our reality. And you have people, honestly, like myself who feel really accomplished. Most people in my circle would be like, you're the most successful. Like, why don't you feel like you've reached the pinnacle you'd like to reach? And so you started to touch on it. And I want to kind of bring that back to the forefront because I think that's one of the hardest things to break through is balancing ambition, not mistaking it or feeling greedy or ungrateful as you're kind of striving for that ambition, but also realizing that you're allowed to take up as much space as you want. And that's been something that I think I've always kind of struggled with. I even th take it all the way back. We used to do these retreats in middle school and high school. And I remember, I forget the exercise, but it was to the tune of like, what is your philosophy as a person? And I remember saying that I help, and you used the boat analogy, which I was like, this was just teeing me up. I build my boat while helping others build their boats to success. 
And what I've actually found and something that I'm personally working through and something I talk about even in smaller settings is like I felt like I've always kind of put myself on a back burner for everyone else's success. I think I've made other people about $60 million to this point. And so, uh, and I'd love to have 60 mil, love to have that. And so I think that's something that I struggle with personally, just as an example with, I love helping. I love being like the operator. I didn't for a while love being the front person. And that was new over the last couple of years of like stepping into the light and being like, hey, I'm here. I have a podcast. I have a show. I'm getting interviewed. I'm getting publications. Like it's very new for me. And so I still struggle with that. I think it's easy to get distracted to helping people because that feels good and that you know, it's fulfilling to me while also balancing the need to help myself and success and career, personal and all of that. So is that something that you've run into? Like people just kind of struggling with putting themselves first? I think that's kind of where I I continue to struggle. So what does being the nice guy do for you? How does it fulfill you? Look at me coaching, you know. No, I know, right? You know, it. it I think it's not so much being the nice guy is understanding that folks like you and I are are pretty rare. And when I meet someone else who has common struggle and I've maybe gone through it and found a way to find some peace, I want to share that peace. But I think where I've come a long way is setting boundaries to how much I help them fulfill that peace because ultimately that brings me peace knowing that I've helped someone today. So I would say just answer your question, like being the nice guy is kind of giving people that touch rock, that oasis that not many people invite people to have that space. I would argue that with your manifestation workshops, with the work you do, you're inviting people to this safe space so they can really uncover a lot. So I would say for me, it's just purely the satisfaction of helping someone. Because sometimes we do nice guy, nice girl, because if we can get you all on board, then it's safe for us to now excel. Mm. So I'll leave that with you. Love that. <laughs> um, but you asked, I love that. I've forgotten the question that you asked me now. No, you're okay. Basically, when people are wanting to up-level who already feel accomplished, the roadblocks that are there, and I think there is even a little bit of reluctance to ask for help. I mean, just speaking on my experience and sharing that experience, it's like, what am I asking for help? Even when, and I'll just share with the audience, like I approached Ranix, I, I love what you do. And I was like, I'd love to be coached because these are some of the areas that I struggle with. And as I was writing out, like you were like, what do you want help with? And I was like... I sat there, I was stumped. I didn't reply to you for a couple of days. Like I really sat with that question. And I think the biggest thing is expansion. Like I struggle with that because coming from very humble beginnings, like I've made it to the pinnacle of what I potentially thought I wanted to be, which is stability, having a family, you know, having my own business, working for myself. But now it's like this next level of like writing a book, getting on bigger stages, like getting more. But the biggest output of that is impact, creating more impact. And that's really the crux of it is how do I create more impact by allowing myself to expand? Because you can't create impact without money. Like that's just full stop. Like you can, but again, it's a lot harder in this society. So when you're working with accomplished people, it sounds like there's some of that commonality there with just reluctance to expand. Yes, I love this. I talked about some of this on my live this morning, but I've worked with A-list actors and lots of business owners who are doing multi-six, seven figures. And the human part of us always likes to keep us safe. And so the conversations that you start having at different levels of success change. 
So you and I can be having a conversation and talking about, I want to do this and I'm going to do that. And to you and I, it sounds like you're going to do it. This is going to be amazing. To someone else who's maybe not at your level, it'd be like, how are you going to do that? That just sounds odd. So it's really like, as you change and as you scale up, the environment around you changing so that when you're talking about, I'm doing this, this is my next goal, it's landing on the right ears. So Mm. it's just like, in my live this morning, I talked about, I wanted to make a movie, a full length feature film. And everyone said, you've never been in a movie. How are you going to do that? You don't have contacts, resources, or money. And I knew I have to tell this story. I had a boyfriend who got murdered. And I was like, I want to pay homage by telling his story because everyone has this perspective of him and I want to change that perspective. And so everyone said, either you go to film school, you make a series of shorts or try to raise the money by going through a production company. None of that felt like what I wanted to do. But before I knew I had permission to do it the way I wanted to. I would go to the BBC. They would say, we'll do this, but we're going to change aspects of the story. And I thought then, then it's not going to be the story that I wanted to tell. It kept getting optioned to different people, prolific production companies, prolific producers. Five years, people had this script saying, we're going to try to make this film, raise money for it. At the end of the day, I thought I'm going to take this back. I want to do this myself. Maybe it's going to take me 10 years because I was trying to figure it out. Yeah. I said, God, help me on this. I met a lady called Tara Cook, who's one of the producers on Downton Abbey, which is a British period drama, just did so well. And I went into her office. So there's me, this little actress with this screenplay that I'm like, I just want someone to make the film. And as I've written it, basically, which is near impossible in an industry, because there's so many hands in filmmaking. She said to me, Raina, You're going to make this film yourself. You are a multi-hyphenate. You will direct and produce this film. And I was like, is she joking? Like, Mm. You're like, I came here to help, to get help. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? (laughs) She said, I already know about you. She said, because the production company that last had this film came to us for money. We offered them money. It's a brilliant script. It's a brilliant story. They wanted more money. The deal fell through. You are supposed to make this film. When she said, I'm supposed to make this film, I'm a multi-hyphenate, she believed in me. It's like she ignited something in me, almost like she gave me permission to be who I really am. And I went off on a mission to get this film made. When you decide that you are going to do something and you get out of the logicalness, because what you want to do and where you're going isn't logical. It's for some people you're going to say, you know what? Ooh, this that's is so I good. I made 60 million for people. Now I'm going to make 60 million for myself. Some people will tell you that ain't logical. Can you like, what, why don't you start? <laughs> what about just six figures a year? And you're like, yeah. I'm bigger than I fe- I yeah. know I'm bigger than that. I was like, this woman told me I can do it. I'm going to do it. I need money because I don't have any money at all. So I'm going to ask people for money. I asked Everyone I knew for money. And I asked them to ask people they knew who had money for money. Mm. And so what I was doing, even though money wasn't coming that way, is I was going, this is my intention. I'm going to get money because I'm making this film. So all the physical actions that I took, setting up a Kickstarter fund, didn't produce money. But what happened was I met a man 
from Germany, who was in Madison, who said, I will give you money to make this film. Wow. And all the money came from this man. It wasn't millions. It was tens of thousands. And I was like, okay, how do I make a film with this amount of money? But I'm yeah. going to, yeah. I find a course online that's literally, it, it, the, the title of the course was how to make a film for the amount of money that you've got right now. And I was like, this is crazy. There's a yeah. course that tells you how to make the film with the money that this man gave me. Like this course was written for me. Mm. I buy the course, consume it in three days, and I'm like, I feel so confident about how to make this film. Because I found a man online, this crazy man called Dov E. Simmons, who's literally like, forget what Hollywood's telling you. I'm American. Yeah. I've been in the movie industry. This is how you make a film easily. And I was like, I love this. But people were like, okay, you watch the course. You think you can just go make a movie like that? And I was like, don't worry. Like, I'm in that realm of infinite possibilities. I get the lead role as an actress to film for six months in South Africa and Germany. And the director invites me to come and do prep, which means before you even start shooting the film, I could go with for six weeks and look at the inner workings of how she was constructing this film. It was like a hands-on training. I mm. made this film with the money that I got. Then someone from the British Film Institute heard about this film. I mean, I, this story goes on and on and on and wow. on. But basically, when you state what you're being and what you're having, and you are fully behind it and you're fully convicted of it, the things that you need have to come. The money has to yeah. come because you're forming an intention, which is very strong. Choice is a superpower. So when you choose, this is it. I'm not looking or getting seduced or disrupted or dis whatever by what's happening and what's not this is how it's going to be. But Raina, like, what if I'm not sure? Like, I, I think this is what I want today, but I don't know if I'm going to want that next year. Like, wh what, what do I do? So the beauty of humans is we're always changing. Mm. Sometimes we create things and then we don't want them. Every day we are checking in with us and our businesses. I say, who am I today? What do I want today? Who am I being today? To the business, what do you want to be today? I will have a course and I'll be like, I'm enjoying making this course. And then six months later, I'll be like, I don't want that course. I'm going to destroy the course because I've changed so much. I don't want that anymore. We have permission mm. to change. A lot of people come to me and they say, I've been, I know how to manifest. I know how to manifest, but it's not working anymore. And I'm like, because you've changed that you don't need to do anymore. You just need to choose now what it is that you're doing. You're trying to go back into a system that you've outgrown. You're trying to go back into spaces and places that don't fit you anymore. You don't fit in that. You've expanded out. So, so you get the power of choice. You constantly choose. And you can ask things that you've created. You can ask your podcast, what do you want to be? What do you want to talk about? Where do you want to go? Who do you want to speak to? You, it, everything that we create, it's energy. The film that I made, I thought... My dream is just to have this screened in Manchester. He was from Manchester, my ex-boyfriend. I just want people to see this story. The film said to me, Manchester, honey, I'm going traveling all around the world. First class, I'm going to go to places that you've never been to. This film traveled for seven years nonstop. I was invited to film festivals. So many things happened as a result of this film because it had its own spirit. 
So we can ask things. Who do you want to be today? What do you want to be? Destroying and creating the things that we create every day. That is so good. And I wanted to just thwart the next thought that I know our listeners would have, which is this kind of panic, because I've been there. But the moment you release the control and the expectation and you flow is the moment you unlock everything. I really want to ask you this question because I ask this to all of my guests because I think it's so fascinating how we look and measure success, which I've found is a really big area. You just talked about it. We shed our definitions of success constantly and we have to allow ourselves to do that. In your current state, what's your definition of success? Honestly, am I healthy and am I having fun and am I connected to God? Those three things are so important for me. If I'm not healthy, I cannot do anything. And I've been in situations where my health has been at the lowest. I've been debilitated and I couldn't do anything and I didn't feel well. And it just affects everything. So help. And so I prioritize help. Fun. The more fun you have, the more expansive you become. Whenever I get serious about something, serious about this project, serious about this, everything comes to a halt. The more fun I'm having, the more expansive everything is. That's so good. I want you to give you a moment if you have anything coming up. I know personally, I'm going to snag a seat at Manifest Live. Tell us about some more of your offerings that are coming up. Manifest, I'm so excited about Manifest Live. I'm just going to be working on people, facilitating people. Someone wrote to me and she went, I want to come, but I'm scared. And I was like, you should be. (laughs) (laughs) You should be. It's very deep work. You know, sometimes people, I've done sessions where people after have been like, I've thrown up or I've, I feel sick or I feel spacey. And I'm not saying that you come and do a session and you throw up. But sometimes when people have been in a energetic construct for so long, that's safe to them. And you invite them to unplug from that and step into limitless possibilities. The body has to catch up and adjust. And it does that by releasing in whatever way it needs to release. So we have Manifest Live. I have a membership, which is amazing. It's called the Energetic Match. And I'm in there just doing transmissions and energy clearings. There are modules on how to manifest, how to get rid of your limiting beliefs, how to do all of this work. People are in there and they just love it. There's a lot of business owners in there who just use it as energetics and mindset support. And then, yeah, I'm doing, starting on the 28th of August, it's called Wealth, it's Stepping Into Your Wealth Expansion. It's just a four-week live course on unplugging from everywhere you do limitation with money and stepping you into limitless possibilities. There's so many forces, matrices, constructs, universes that tell us you can't have money, you can't have more money, you're only doing that so you can't have money, and none of that is true. And so I'm going to be sharing all of that with people. And you can find me on Instagram, Raina Campbell, underscore business. <laughs> everything will be everything will be linked below. You all have asked me how I invest in myself and how I continue to learn. Raina is going to be where my focus is for at least <laughs> the next six months to a year. Raina, thank you so much for all the value provided today. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. Everybody listen to it. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Unstucked Podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok.